0: (laughs) Podcast flesh Episodio numero 6 Cabron Big E is uncaged Kevin Owens being Kevin Owens Is he all elite? Omega and Daniel Bryan The American Dragon Daniel Bryan Bryan Danielson Daniel Bryanson, I need a Jack Daniels after this one, they go Broadway, and Bianca Belair outmans the man, and I'll tell you why, this is The Last Wrestling Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to The Last Wrestling Podcast. Monday, September 27th, just got done watching Raw. Big E gets the win clean over Bobby Lashley, nice and easy-peasy, in the middle of a steel cage. And Drew McIntyre came out and pointed his sword at him. Um, literally. Hey, you get your mind out of there. He literally pointed a sword at him, okay? Relax, sit down. Um... So, yeah, this is good. We're setting up Biggie, Drew McIntyre, somewhere down the line. This seems to be the next program. I am excited. I love it when good things happen to good people. It's one of my favorite sayings. And uh, I think we're going to get to see some really, really good matches. But a lot of it will depend on the booking. Um, I think, you know, Drew McIntyre is coming off a loss in his program. And originally, I thought he was going to get drafted over to SmackDown, especially seeing how he was kind of... Uh, Going a little bit heelish and losing a little bit too clean. But, you know, plans change. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot of changes. It's very obvious. There's a lot of changes going on in WWE. They're pulling the trigger on some things. They're making other changes. They have this draft coming up. So there is a little bit of momentum. And hopefully they can carry it forward. But um, we saw what they presented with Extreme Rules. You can Go check out and download that show. It dropped yesterday. Or dropped over uh, the weekend, rather. Right after that show went off the air. So check that one out. But some hits and some misses. Over in AEW, they presented probably two of the biggest cards on free TV of the highest quality in a long, long time. Some even saying Kenny Omega, Daniel Bryan, best TV match of the modern era. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. Modern era is that the last 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, 20 years. Um, Because there were some really good matches all throughout. And it's fun to get excited. It was a good match. But best TV match of all time for free? I have to think about that. I wouldn't give it the uh, medal just yet. But definitely, absolutely, in the realm of AEW. One of the, easily, the top two or three best TV matches of all time for sure. In terms of emotion and all that, I mean, what comes close to that? In terms of emotion, I'm not talking about work rate or any that other bullshit, just the emotion of the match, this surpassed everything. So both companies doing some good stuff. It's exciting. It's got people talking again. And that's what you need. That's what you want. So there's a lot to talk about today. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at T O, On Instagram, at podcast fresh. If you want to drop us a line, we're at podcastprice 2020 at gmail.com. Let's slip into the mailbag, and let's touch a couple of them that uh, seem to strike out at me. Jimmy Chuman asks, what do you think the chances of Kevin Owens are going to AEW? He's been dropping hints. Is it a sure lock? Sure seems so. Listen, Kevin Owens knows how to play the game. He's been in this business a long time. He, he, he's not afraid to stand up for himself. He's not afraid to torch enemies. Etc. Etc. And he knows how to tease, and he knows what he can get away with, and so all these games that he's playing on Twitter, switching his his location, you know, to almost there or whatever it is, and then the young bucks change theirs to there, you know, (laughs) clever. But will Kevin Owens make the switch? I don't know. Listen, it's very easy to get excited and say yes, he's going. Every every guy that's up for renewal, Sammy's he's going to, Oh. uh, You know, this other, he's going to, it's very easy to get into that and get caught up in it. The truth is there's a lot of people that are in WWE and they're happy and they're making really, really good money. And everything works because they're in a system where they're just used to everything. You know what I mean? You know what it's like to start a new job or start anything new. As exciting as it might be, you got to deal with HR and you got to redo this and you got to meet the whole new staff. And it's just different, right? So a lot of that is comfort is staying where you are. Now, Kevin Owens, he's been featured on SmackDown, right? The stuff with the uh, Logan Paul or w- whatever Paul showed up on SmackDown. Um, I, I, some people saw that as a slight. I, I thought his involvement with that was pretty good because Vince likes that kind of stuff. So does Kevin Owens want to stick around and be a good hand? Or does he want to go and test his ability somewhere else? That's up for Kevin Owens to, to, uh, to know, for us to find out. And I've been going back and forth. I don't know if he makes the switch or not. Every time I convince myself that he will, I convince myself that he won't. He's always wanted to be in WWE. But we know that plans change. So we still got a few more months. I believe his contract runs out at the end of January. So we'll follow along and we'll definitely be taking a look at that one. But my gut tells me that he's going to stay. Sammy from San Jose Cali asks what is the future of Omas? He's being built up as a monster, but I don't like him in the world title picture where I fear he's going Thoughts? You know what? The thing with Omas is he's a he's a big dude and lord knows it's a land of big dudes right now, at least with the, some of the these monsters that they're bringing in like um Aziz, you know, big dude, Omas, right? Um that other dude, you know, and they re- they released Braun Strowman earlier this year. I guess they wanted to get rid of a few giants, which is too bad because Braun Strowman was greener than dog shit when he first started and brought up to the main roster and w- ended up working his way up to a pretty good level. I thought some of his matches, especially this year when he had that comeback run after Mania, I thought this was some pretty good stuff, some really good WrestleMania matches. So it's just interesting to see that you throw away that giant to hone and craft two more giants, you know? Especially when Braun Strowman is at least a name, right? I mean, you built the guy up for five years. Jeez. But listen, Vince likes the big guys. I can definitely see Omos being in there for a world title match. Um, He's still too green. Stranger things have happened. I don't think we need to worry about them putting the world title on him. But as I say that, I might eat those words. Um, I wouldn't expect it. I would expect him to be featured prominently. Uh, and if he does win the world title, it's listen. It's never gonna. These giants never generally hold the belt too too long, right? You think of like uh, when giant uh, when um, Great Cali beat Taker for the world title. That wasn't a long run, right? So I wouldn't worry about it too much. But uh, yeah, Omas is sticking around, and Vince likes the guy, so you might as well get used to him. I just hope he gets better in the ring. supermark forty nine from Buffalo asks, where do you see the women's division going in AEW? Seems to be entirely built on Britt Baker. We need other contenders, stars, etc. All seems to be focused on her. Well, she's she is the division right now. Listen, AEW has been criticized for a long time about their the way they run their women's angles, the way they, um, you know, the limited time that some of the women get on on national TV, etc., cetera, etc. The lack of storylines aside from the world title. I think that's going to change, especially now that they're going to introduce the uh, the TBS championship. That's going to be like the secondary women's belt. I think that's a, a really good idea. But to not, you know, rely too much on that crutch for my answer, I'll give you my answer. I think they really need to build up other contenders. I would do, uh, I would do Riho, honestly, versus um, pretty much anybody. But I would give it to uh, Sheeta. Do Sheeta and. Uh, and Riho, and have them go at it for the, world ti- uh, for the world title, for the number one contendership, or for a future, shop, however, a future shot, however you want to dress it up. Because that is the original champion and the second champion ever. So I think it makes sense. It makes sense for the lineage. I think it makes sense for the history. And you go with that. I think at the end of the day, I think we're setting up, to, obviously, the, the match that most people want is a Brick Baker versus uh, Thunder Rosa match. But Rosa, uh, she's been doing some good work. I've been watching her on Elevation and stuff like that uh, or Dark or whatever. But um, I think she needs a smaller program to build her up to be a contender. I think if we just bring her in to confront Britt, I I think it's a good surprise, so to speak, because they haven't interacted since. But it's a big but. I don't think she's quite at that heat level to be challenging for the belt. So I would set her up with another program, get her past that one, and then you do the Britt Baker match. Over on Raw, they are doing a really good job with the Big E Langston character so far. I realize it's only been a week, but putting him over Bobby Lashley clean tonight in a steel cage on Raw, that was the good move. I think having McIntyre come out on a challenger was going to be great. Already touched on this. I think they're going to have great matches. I like Big e. He's got to hold on to the belt, and he has to... At least win a few programs. I think he's going to be in the world picture going forward. I mean, unless Brock Lesnar comes out and beats him in nine seconds. So, having said that, he need, but we need to establish his run first. So, he needs to really build this run. I would keep the belt on Biggie for a while, and uh, let him let him take the money for a ride, so to speak. The dewdrop and Eva Marie stuff continues. It's weird because Eva, for the longest time, for for this entire run, was this heel, and now. On that Raw, we saw the flip side of that where Shayna Baszler basically beat her up and left her, you know, almost baby-facing, like, crying. And the funny part is people were saying—people were cheering when Shayna was kicking her ass. And they were saying, like, one more time, one more time. So I don't know, man. There's no, no love lost there for sure. And the funny part is that the fans were actually cheering this on. So they had to sweeten and put in the booze to give heat on Shayna which was just ridiculous. So this is probably setting up, what, Shayna versus Eva again? It was good to see Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo back on TV, and they actually put them over. They had that match with Ali and Mansoor. Um, Ali, man, he's gonna. He, that boy's got to be a sore man. He, they, he keeps doing that gimmick where he keeps getting whipped into a turnbuckle and he goes ass over tea kettle. <laughs> and he did it again in the Angel garza Alberto Carrillo match. Good to see those guys back on TV. And at least you know that the work rate's going to go up one or two points when those guys are on TV. But remains to be seen what they do with them. They usually bring them in for a three-week run and then they're kind of never heard from again. I have no idea where the Ripley and uh, Nikki Ash stuff is going. You know, at present time, they're the tag team champions, um, defeating Taminski and Natty Nightheart last week. But now, uh, you know, Nikki's on the mic now and she's saying that she wants her and Rhea to have like matching outfits. And Rhea says, you know, that's, you know, my, no offense, but, you know, red is a nice color on you, not me kind of thing. So she's, she's kind of playing like the hesitant baby face, so to speak. But uh, I'd be done if she just turns around and kicks Nikki's head off. And we go back to a Rhea Ripley, a Nikki, <laughs> Nikki Ash storyline. And at least we're promised really good matches between those two. I think Nikki Cross, uh, Nikki Ash, whatever, and Rhea can at the very least provide a good amount of uh, quality matches together as opposed to putting both quality people in a tag team and having them go up against subpart peeps. So just my two cents on that one. At Extreme Rules, we saw Alexa Bliss in tears as she was embarrassed in front of her hometown and she had her doll ripped up. Um, According to my co-host, Pac-Man from the Podcast Fresh Network, uh, Ryan, he told me that he saw somewhere that apparently Alexa Bliss is going to be taking some time off. So that's cool. You know, Um, she's worked really, really hard. It's not her fault that they've gone full bore with this storyline that for a lot of fans has left a sour taste in their mouth. So If she's taking the time off, cool. But um, yeah, I don't know what you do here. I think we just shed this character or evolve it to the next thing. But it needs to move on because this is, it's honestly just becoming like a stink, you know? And when you have 1,500 fans walking out in the middle of an interview segment on a Monday night in the middle of a national televised show, uh, it's not good. It looks like over on SmackDown, we're going to have a Sonya Deville-Naomi program. So for the last few weeks, they've been playing up that Naomi just wants to get on TV, just wants to get some ring time. And Sonya Deville has uh, just been brushing her off and making excuses. But uh, it was very obvious on Friday that she does not like Naomi, and she even makes snide remarks about her just offhanded. So... I think that's the match we're leading to, and Naomi's already challenged DeVille, and DeVille said, you're not getting that match, so obviously we are getting that match at some point. That should be fun. That gives Naomi something to do. She can whip DeVille's ass. DeVille can just—she's bulletproof. She can just go back to playing the GM. No harm, no foul. So I'm okay with that program. I'm okay with that program. The Rey Mysterio-Dominic Mysterio storyline is wacky because— you have, it, it almost appears like Ray Mysterio is going to turn heel on his son because he's the one that's kind of like criticizing Dominic. But I think the storyline they're just trying to get across is Ray just wants the best for Dominic and he's giving him all this advice, and Dominic just wants his space. So you know how this goes. They've done it a million times before. Either Dominic goes on a losing streak and then he needs to reconnect with his father and start winning again, or he starts winning and then his father decides to come out and cheer him on and it causes him to lose and then he turns heel on his father. So who knows? You can play this any. Which way? Um, I would play it option C, and that would be keep both of these guys babyface and not have them feud with each other. But time will tell. The Bianca Belair-Becky in-ring segment from SmackDown where they went at it shot for shot. Um, I actually thought Bianca had the, the better of the two. Uh, but, you know, Becky had a line that Belair is good because Becky showed her what's great. Um, I'm sure when she wrote that down, just like I said, it Becky had a line that Belair is good because Becky showed her what's great. It was a swing and a miss. The crowd wasn't really into that one. You can't win them all. Um, Beller just murdered her here, face-to-face, in my opinion. Uh, Bianca offered her the handshake, and Becky just slapped the piss out of her. She posed with the belt, and it was just amazing just watching um, just Bianca just get really, really pissed, and she started fighting her back. It was really, really good fire here, but... I thought, Becky, for being the man, for being the mic person, yada, 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 you got worked because I'm going to give this uh, one-on-one battle to uh, Bianca Belair, even though it might not be reflected in the matches. Stay tuned. There was an Intercontinental match on SmackDown between Shinsky and Apollo Cruz. The most amazing thing about, about this was just how over Shinsky and Boogs are. It was incredible. When Shinsky won, the crowd popped. I don't know if it was sweetened or not. I couldn't tell for this particular match. But the crowd goes crazy, Boogs is out there, and Boogs is over, man. So this was cool. I really liked those two, and, and Pat McAfee just dancing on the table like a moron is like such a highlight. I love that thing. <laughs> Shinsky can go with anybody, and Boogs is such a powerful dude with those suplexes. So I'm curious to see what happens here. Do they go together as a tag team? Does Shinsky just stay by himself? Obviously, he's still the IC champ, so a singles run, there's no rush to get the belt off him, and Shinsky can have a good match with anybody. So I stand and hold, but if I'm watching, if I'm in WWE and I'm watching, I noticed Boogs and Shinsky were super over. Switching over to AEW, there's, we're coming off the heels of the huge Arthur Ashe Stadium show from last week. That was the big one. I mean, Daniel Bryan, the American Dragon, Kenny Omega, time limit draw, 30 minutes. Honestly, it was the quickest 30-minute match I've ever seen. I saw this match twice. So good. So good. Not going to add anything that you haven't heard in other review places, but um, I thought that the uh, the V-Trigger running down the ramp and smacking uh, Daniel Bryan, it looked tremendous. It looked really, really good. On further inspection, you can see that he didn't really connect 100%, and that's okay. I don't need to see Daniel Bryan getting hit in the head. Um, But that looked really good. Uh, The Snapdragon where he slid down the ramp, that was awesome as well. Just a really, really good match. And this is just the beginning. And I think they're going to make us wait for Kenny Omega, Bryan, too, as they should. I don't think we should get it again next week. Um, And we're not. It was just so cool to see Daniel Bryan come out there and get that reception. And this really felt like a really, really big match. And I thought starting it off at the top of the hour made the most sense. I think a few few people had predicted that that was probably be the best way. That way, they can manage the commercials, and we can go with as least commercials as possible for the match. So, overall, I thought that was pretty cool. The Malachi Black Cody Rhodes finish was interesting, mostly because of what happened outside the ring with Arn Anderson and Cody with respect to the bump. Did Arn Anderson slip off the corner? Then he had to get back up on the apron to get to the spot where Rhodes would hit him, leading to Malik. You know what I'm saying? So we don't know. But the last time that Cody teased turning heel is when he dyed his hair dark, remember? Or he went back to the, whatever it is. And then he cut that promo saying, I'll never betray you guys, blah, blah, blah. And then he ended up switching the color back to blonde. So I think Cody needs to go heel. I think the fans are already making him a heel, and I think he'd be a great heel. He's definitely got the fire and intensity, and everything else just comes easy. It's easy to hate the guy. Um, But, yeah, I think that's what I would do. Malachi Black continues to look strong here, and he's pretty much dismantled all of the uh, Nightmare family. I want him to just wrap it up with the Nightmare family and move on. So cool to see Sting in there with Darby Allen taking on FTR. To see a guy at Sting's age still be able to go out there and hustle and compete, just incredible. I mean, this guy's not in there just to do a couple hope spots and maybe stand on the apron and come in for a couple of uh, really good spots and just hit the scorpion, death drop, and that's it. He was taking, I mean, the guy took a snap pile driver from FTR, but he took his fair share of licks in this one, but he also looked really good. He's just such a good brawler, like um, when he's outside the ring a couple weeks ago and he was dismantling like 2.0 and he was whipping some ass on Rampage. Even Jericho is like, hey, man, are we going to we're going to oversee the fact that things kicking ass out They're like, yeah, yeah, you know, he was uh, he's tremendous and he's going to be missed one day because, you know, he's he's a 62 year old dude. This is not going to be doing this forever. So I'm thankful every time I see him. And uh, if he can stay safe and do it in a safe manner, I'm all for it. In the main event, Britt Baker defeated Ruby Soho. Ruby Soho got an amazing entrance, no doubt. I'm sure she had, you know, butterflies the size of, you know, whatever. Um, just based on everything that she said on the Talk is Jericho podcast with Chris, just um, really, really good, 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 solid match, I thought. I thought it was a good, solid match. It wasn't excellent. It wasn't a five-star classic or anything like that, but I enjoyed it. Um you know, and I think Ruby Ruby obviously, you know, she wasn't wrestling very much in WWE. So it, once she starts getting into regularly on your darks and your elevations every now and then, and on Dynamite and Rampage, it's going to be fine. But that is the one thing that is a little bit tough is um, just getting all these people enough ring time. There's four programs right now, um, and I think we'll we'll eventually see another Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker match. This hasn't. This wasn't the best one. Uh, the best one is coming. But this was pretty good. I I liked this match. It was fun. I thought Ruby Soho, uh, they tried to have a really, really good match. And uh, Bray Baker wins clean here. So I thought that was pretty good. Adam Cole and the Young Bucks had a really good match against Christian Cage and the Jurassic Express on Rampage with the Super Click winning pretty much clean over these guys. They hit all their finishers. I like the part where they teased that they were going to do a double super kick on Cole, and instead they came up to him and just gave him a kiss. That was just tremendous. Um, really fun showcase, and the one that I'm really excited about is uh, Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy. This is the one that they set up after this match. So after they won clean, Jungle Boy went in there to check on his fallen comrades, and that is when uh, Adam Cole was just saying something to him. Very subtle. You know, I thought that was cool. doesn't always have to be a beatdown, but he just, you know, started talking a lot of smack to him. And we have our match. Adam Cole, Jungle Boy, Wednesday, Dynamite. That's the one that I'm looking forward to the most. And, uh, uh, you know, that match was just awesome. That six men on Rampage. Really, really good match. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky took on Chris Jericho and Jack Hager. But the main thing was at the end of this match because they had Dan Lambert out there. And they actually brought out the UFC guys and they did some physicality in there, and Paige Van got in there, and the the, the best one was uh, Masvidal. Masvidal walked in there and just KO took out uh, Chris Jerk with a flying knee. It was pretty awesome. Uh, Masvidal is definitely a star like he got a huge reaction as soon as he approached the ring everybody else seemed to they were better than the week but they're getting better over the weeks even Paige Van Zandt was like playing to the camera it's so funny because they're they're supposed to be doing like a like a run in to save Dan Lambert who Jericho had by the head and Paige Van Zandt's coming down the aisle she's like pointing to herself (laughs) go in there you're supposed to save Dan you know. But that's okay. I thought this is funny. I'm not sure what's going to happen here because they took out uh, Jericho pretty badly here. Van Zant took him out and Masvidal took him out and Lambert just, you know, talking a lot of shit. So I'm not sure where this is going. Are they going to put those MMA guys in the ring? Jeez. That could be interesting. I'm not sure. Maybe they've been working really hard and are training to do a match. I'm not sure. But it's just we keep seeing those guys over and over and over again. And now they're actually calling them by name. So this is going to lead to some kind of matchup. At least it's intriguing. And, yeah, we had the lights out match with John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. They beat Lance Archer, Minoru Suzuki. Fifteen minutes. This thing was pretty violent. Uh, all these guys are going to be sore. But it was the kind of match that uh, was put there to, quote, send the fans home happy. And it was a good brawl, great way to end Rampage. And I thought that match worked on a couple of different levels. And now I don't know what you do with John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. I mean, John Moxley and Archer have been battling up from here to Japan and everywhere in between back and forth. Eddie Kingston and Mox, I think, do they go for the tag team titles? Do we put them in matches against uh, Penta and Ray Phoenix just yet? Or do we put them somewhere else? I'm not sure. I don't think John Moxley's ready to go singles again. Um, I like Moxley as Eddie Kingston as a tag team. I think they should stay as a tag team for the time being. I don't know. What do you guys think? Let me know. Shoot me an email. PodcastFresh2020gmail.com. I want to hear your ideas for that match. And lastly, to close off, uh, yes, I finally did get a chance to see Carmella versus Liv Morgan. Quick little match, you know, not much to say there. It was a quick basic match. They they both worked hard. Um and, yeah, they gave Liv Morgan the win, which surprised me. So I'm guessing that program is going to continue. So good for her. I think they just need a longer match, 10, 12 minutes. Maybe not with Carmella, but with somebody else. But, hey, beggars can't be choosers, so to speak. So that's cool. At least they're giving Liv Morgan something to do, and I'm a fan of that. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff going on right now. Um, I would say the match I'm excited for the most is Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy on Dynamite. Check that one out. If you have a chance, check out Adam Cole on Talk is Jericho. There's a really good one there. It's kind of becoming like the theme now. Right? We got, every, everybody that comes out of WWE or uh, NXT or anywhere else really uh, has to do the uh, the interview, the Talk is Jericho with Chris Jericho. There's some good stuff. And unfortunately, after you keep hearing so many of uh, the same stories, you kind of get an idea of what how the frustrations might line some of these people that are super creative and just looking for more opportunity. So check that one out. Some cool stuff in there. Um, the, the One of the best ones is when Adam Cole came out for that first pop when he showed up as the first surprise right before Danny Bryant came out at the pay-per-view. He says that his legs were shaking so badly that he actually had to focus on walking. <laughs> down the aisle and it's so funny because i have watched it back since and i don't know maybe because i'm overanalyzing it after he said that but he does appear to be like walking like he's like i'm walking now like very much trying to control his legs it's really cool um so check that one out Over on the Podcast Fresh Network, we will be back with another Fresh Prince show this week. And uh, next week, of course, we'll be back with the last wrestling podcast. And Ryan's working on some other stuff as well. So no shortage of things coming out for you guys. Thank you again for the download. Our numbers continue to increase. Thank you for that. We are at Podcast Fresh on Instagram. You can shoot us an email, podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. And go on the Twitter machine. You can reach out and engage with us there. All right, my name is Chris Torres. Thank you so much for downloading the Last Wrestling Podcast, and we'll be back next week. Podcast good,